0: Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. This is the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. What follows is the service from January 22nd, 2023. Thank you and God bless.
1: Good morning. with us this morning if you are visiting with us thank you for being here all the spider kids um, we will get started this morning with a reading out of Isaiah chapter 9 starting in verse 1 nevertheless there will be no gloom for those who are in distress in the past he humbled the land of Zebulun In the land of Naphtali but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Let's pray together. Lord, we're thankful that we can come together as a community, as a church this morning, and just come into your presence. Lord, thank you for welcoming us into your presence Lord thank you for honoring your promises Lord that uh, there will be no more gloom that you will shatter the yoke that burdens uh, peoples Lord we, we look forward to the day when those things are no more Lord be with us as we worship this morning as we sing praises to you Um, just lift all the hearts that are here. It's through your son's name we pray. Amen. 193 193
2: Me old, I'll break your heart. Hundred forty-seven.
1: Two four-seven.
3: Enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear, though a war break out against me, even though even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of a sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for today and the opportunity to worship you, Lord. And as the scripture says, there is one thing that we seek, that we may dwell in your house all the days of our life. And we thank you, Lord, that if we are in you, that this is true. And if we are in you, all our best days are always ahead of us. Um, Lord, we pray that we would seek your face this morning and that you would work in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the Gibson's new nephew and for a healthy birth. Um, We pray for Nancy and Lewis as they're recovering from surgery. We pray for Michael and the health issues that he's facing. Lord, we pray for those in cancer treatment, that you would be with them and give them hope and faith and that they would feel the body of Christ around them. Um, we pray for Leanne and Brett and Pam and Robert and Jane and Ed and Aiden and Debbie. Lord, we continue to remember Chuck and Stina, And we also pray for our missionaries, Lord, that you would encourage them um, and be with them and guide them as they are spreading your word and doing your work. In your name, Amen.
2: One oh six.
4: singing and in prayer and just talking about all that God is doing with this church and uh, and just really, really excited. Along those lines, our Deacons of Children Education, Matt Bauer and Sheila Deloney, are, are going to have an announcement about kids' education, uh, just kind of ways we can get involved. Uh, that will be coming kind of at the end of the service before the main announcements. I say that because kids, I know you have a time when the donuts come, so I'm more preparing you, okay? But excited about that. Also, last Sunday night, the middle school did Room at the Inn, and they cooked spaghetti, and they made brownies. And in just a few moments, any of the middle schoolers that were there that want to share a story or reflection about Room at the Inn, I'm going to invite you up. I've already told them about this, but I just want to emphasize that you don't have to. If you're uncomfortable, you don't have to come up. But if you want to share uh, any of the students that were there, that would be great. If you want to grab the bulletin, our scripture in just a minute is going to come from Matthew 4. Four, we're in this season of Epiphany where we are pondering the fact that God came to earth in human flesh. And it is not for us to just look at like a painting and say, Oh, that's nice. I appreciate it. But it's we're called to enter into it and to become a part of what God is doing in this world. We've been talking a lot about what it means to practice our faith. Not just to believe in Jesus, although we should believe in Jesus, not to just have an intellectual agreement with Jesus, although we should, but to practice. First week of January, I was doing an online training. And it was on the idea of of coaching, personal coaching. It was on the idea of active listening. And we did some breakout groups and stuff through the training. I remember the last day, our, our trainer said, Now remember, you've got to go out and practice. Any type of skill, you're, it's not just gonna come intuitively, it's not gonna come naturally. You've gotta get out and practice. Last week, we had Grant and Paul up here talking about what it meant for them to practice the cello or to practice the drums and become better at that. I don't know how many of you have watched these different masterclass trainings that are now popular. I think there's like a name brand masterclass and there are kind of some off-brands that have come up. All these YouTube videos where they, they have experts and they talk about how they became good at their craft. We got a subscription from a friend a couple years ago and I watched a bunch of those videos and, and some that I was really drawn to were Steve Martin did a series of videos on how to get into comedy, okay? And I just think he's, he's really clever and really funny. But one of the things he kept saying, he said, you wanna get into stand-up comedy? Here's the truth. You gotta go to New York or Chicago. You're not gonna pull it off staying in Omaha, or Des Moines, I don't know why I'm picking on those cities, or Nashville, like, you've gotta get it. You gotta end up in Chicago or New York, and you gotta hang out in certain clubs, and doing certain people, and you gotta fail some. But you've gotta get out there and practice. You're not just gonna do it in your room, and then suddenly go out, Saturday Night Live, Second City, or whatever, and just kill it, right? You've gotta practice. It reminds me of what Malcolm Gladwell said in the book Outliers, I don't know when this book came out, 10 or 12 years ago, where he talked about the 10,000 hour rule. And this has been much debated and debunked and processed and all this thing. But he basically said, the Beatles didn't just wake up one day and become the Beatles. Like, they didn't just come in on the helicopter at Shea Stadium and they, they met on the way there, okay? And he specifically talks about the early years in the 60s when they were in Hamburg, Germany, and they were just playing over and over again and learning to respond to one another and learning to be in that moment. Now, once again, I can practice 10,000 hours. I'm not gonna be Yo-Yo Ma, okay? Like, there's certain things that just aren't gonna happen. And yet the idea that practice is a crucial thing. We've got to get out there and practice. And that's what we see in our reading this morning. I can't emphasize this enough, and I think some of this comes from my childhood. If we have faith in Jesus, we will live with him forever. We are not trying to set up a new legalism or a new works-based righteousness where we say you've got to get out there and practice. What we're saying, that our salvation is not just Heaven someday. But our salvation is also heaven here on earth. As we learn to experience union with God, union with Christ, the practicing of Jesus' teaching is part of our salvation. Because it's a joyous thing to become like Christ. Are we going to fail? Absolutely, we're going to fail. There's grace all over this idea of practice. And with that in mind, let's stand together from our reading. This is Matthew chapter 4. 12 through 23. Now, here's what I want to draw your attention to before we read it. It's going to start off early on with a quotation from Isaiah. That's the exact passage that Brian led off our service with, okay, from Isaiah chapter 9. You will recognize that as an Advent reading, right, where we talk about the light has come into the world. We talk about mighty God, um, everlasting Prince of Peace, uh, wonderful Counselor. So this is a, a messianic context. When he quotes this, and Jesus is coming around meeting with him, he's saying, the Messiah is here, and they would have got that meaning. If you want to join with me on the bold section, feel free. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived to Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said to the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net to the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Together, At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. As we talked about in recent weeks, Jesus did not walk by them and say, do you believe I'm the son of God? And they said, yes. And he said, continue on as you were. (laughs) No big impact. But rather they were to follow him. This is the apprenticeship model. To walk with him, to not listen to him and then take a multiple choice test at the end, but to apprentice after him. To walk after him and to slowly live your life as Jesus would live your life if he was in your place. A question someone asked me probably six or seven years ago, and I was in a gathering. They weren't just asking me specifically, but they said, Have you chosen to apprentice under Jesus? And I thought, I've never had someone say it quite like that to me. But I was very moved by that. Have you chosen to apprentice under Jesus to follow him and seek to be like him, to move around and say, I'm going to try to do every single thing the way he does it to do that. There has to be a sense of urgency. And that's why I had us in the bold section, read those passages together, because it says immediately at that moment, specifically in the gospel of Mark, that's one of the most used expressions we have in the whole gospel Immediately 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 because there's a sense of urgency as if this is the greatest thing You have ever seen and you'll do anything to do it the sense of urgency about it some months ago You know who you are, but I'm not going to name names Taylor Swift tickets were on sale. Okay, and one of the things I saw even amongst people who I did not see as Swifties, okay? But what I saw amongst people was a sense of urgency. It wasn't like, you know, this weekend when I have time, I might see if there are any tickets left. It's how many work hours were lost, refreshing screens trying to get Taylor Swift tickets, okay? And yet, I'm not gonna wait on this, I'm gonna do it now. I'm not gonna get around to it, but it's something urgently I'm gonna do and they left their nets and they followed him they left it all behind frequently there's something holding us back and i want you to consider for a brief moment this morning what might it be that is holding you back from being an apprentice under jesus and from completely following him because what they did they left their nets and they left they left their families they left the family business. Remember we read the story of Elisha last week when Elijah called him and he had, he had been in farming. He had a plow and he burned the plow, killed the animals, they had a feast because it was a no going back, right? I burned that bridge and I'm now going forward. I can't help but think about this image of James and John leaving Zebedee. And we are called in the scriptures to honor our parents. And so I know Jesus would never call them to disobey the Ten Commandments. So even as they leave Zebedee, there was no disrespect. See you, Dad. They still respected their father, but they left him. And I know that there's in a group this size, and I know even in my own life, There are times that it's hard for me to leave my parents. Because I still depend on my parents for an emotional sense of who I am, the fact that I'm okay, and their approval. Even at the age of 44, (laughs) my parents' approval means a ton to me. My parents are great people. I agree with my parents on 95% of the things in the world. And the other 5%, they're getting there. (laughs) But... um, I totally respect my parents, but every now and then I have to ask myself, for my sense of self, am I depending on my parents or am I depending on Jesus? So many of us are trying to seek a sense of self in romantic relationships. Maybe we're dating. Maybe it's in our own marriage. We have to remind ourselves that no human person can do for you what God can do for you. Your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband or wife is not going to make you 100% feel good about yourself. So quit blaming them. Instead, drop that net and follow Jesus. No human can make you feel good about yourself. One of the things that keeps us from apprenticing after Jesus is that it makes us at odds with this world in some ways that are difficult for us. I saw a statistic the other day that 50% of people that once followed Jesus but no longer follow Jesus, that once identified as Christian but no longer identify as Christian in the United States, 50% of that group says the reason is because Christian teaching no longer has cultural respectability and follows kind of the cultural patterns of we live today. And I know that's a very nuanced conversation. Right, and obviously, people that have worn the name of Christ have made many mistakes over human history. But here's the thing: we have to say that if we follow Jesus, there are going to be times where people think we are backwards. People think we have missed it. I'm frequently in conversations where people look at me like I'm the most liberal person in the room. I'm frequently in conversations where people look at me and say he's the most conservative person in the room. Yeah. If I think, if I think. Racism is still a big deal in this country. I'm framed as a Marxist. If I'm unwilling to go along with every single thing that comes out of the sexual revolution, say, it must be because I'm a hateful person. And if there's some parts of the Bible that I say, hey, let's just take a deep breath and try to interpret this in this context, I'm framed as liberal. And if I say, hey, this is ancient truth that I see the Holy Spirit in, we need to follow the word of God. I'm framed as conservative. At some point, we have to say, I don't care what other people think about me. I love my parents, but at the end of the day, I don't care what they think about me. I love my family. I love my wife and my children. But at the end of the day, I am not dependent on them for my identity. I love you. I love the city of Nashville. But i'm not dependent on any of you and when i say i don't care it's not like a disrespectful it's just a i'm apprenticing after jesus i'm not apprenticing after you and this is a hard struggle i'm speaking to myself as much as anyone in this we can only practice and follow after jesus when we've left everything else behind and so what does it mean to practice it means to watch what jesus is doing and try to do what he's doing And to fail at it, and then to wonder why we failed at it. I remember a mentor told me, the best way to frame practice is you prepare for it, and then you try it out, and then you reflect on what just happened. And a lot of this was when I was learning to teach, when I was learning to preach, when I was learning to get up in front of people and speak. You prepare for it, you do it, and then you reflect on what just happened. And I think in so many ways, that's what it means for us. To follow Jesus. We read a story about Jesus. So let's just pick a teaching. Let's say loving our enemies. We take a deep breath. And we prepare for what it might mean to love our enemies. You got a difficult meeting at work this week? (laughs) You got a conversation with somebody that's hard? You map out in the mind how that conversation could go. You pray about it and you prepare for it. And then you go through that conversation and you try to love your enemy. And guess what? You're not Jesus. You win some, you lose some. And then afterwards, you pray, how did that go? What could I do better next time? You go for a walk in nature, at the park, at Radnor Lake. You say, Lord Jesus, through your spirit, I'm getting a little stronger. How could I do that next time? And it's through the practice of that over the years. Now, that may seem ethereal or abstract for some of us because it's hard to see Jesus. One of the things that so many of us do already is you pick an older, wiser, spiritual mentor and you watch what they do. So for years, many of us that have been here a long time, we watched Bill and Fran, and Don Buford, and so many others, and Paul Prill. like we've watched these folks. How do they love their enemies? How do they welcome the stranger? How do they sacrifice themselves for their families? How do they do it? We watch them do it, and then we try to practice it. It's really hard. We're going to fail. Failure is a part of it. Failure doesn't mean it's not working. It's like um, when you're sore the next day after a workout, it, it doesn't mean you did it wrong. It means you did it right. You know, It's just part of the experience. But practicing, middle school kids, get ready, I'm about to call you up. Practicing is such an essential thing. So let's pick this teaching, Matthew 25, when Jesus says, Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. I was hungry. You gave me some meat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked, you gave me clothing. Um, I was sick, you took care of me. Um, I needed clothing, you gave me clothing. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me in. Every time we do room in the inn, we're practicing for that. We're practicing the welcoming of the stranger. So most kids, any of you that were a part of it, you want to come up. And you can just say, the spaghetti was awesome. You don't have to say anything that's that's the coolest thing ever. Okay, but it'll still be the coolest thing ever. So come on up if you wanna share. I always like to think um, as a people person, thanks for coming up guys, um, that oh, I'm good with people and I'm comfortable with people, but every time I do Room in the Inn, there's there's somebody I interact with in that, that I'm like, this is gonna be hard for me. For, like something in my Suburban sensibility says This is going to be This is going to be different tonight and, and Lord Jesus I need you I can't just wing it on the fact that I'm an extrovert Like like there's something to this So I'm going to pass the mic down Brandon we're going to well, let you start You can just any Anybody you met Anything you ate that thought was good But these folks were trying to practice Matthew 25 So we're just reflecting on the practice Um uh. I think that's really good that we could let these people who don't have houses into the church and have a nice meal because it was like really cold outside. So yeah.
5: I enjoyed
3: talking to the guys and getting to know them over dinner. And I think it was a good experience for all of us to get to know them.
5: Yeah, like Anna said, I really enjoyed getting to talk with everybody. And Henry and I talked to this one man named Kyle. and.
1: The whole night, he just seemed so happy to be there. Yeah, I talked to Kyle, too. He was really nice. He talked about us, he talked about him, so it was a good mix. yeah. I also
6: enjoyed talking to everybody, especially Kyle. He really liked talking about the football game a lot, even though I didn't really care about it. <laughs> to talk to all the guys and to meet them and get to know them and to share a meal with them it was just a really fun experience
4: walk us through the process what did you guys have to do to set up and what was the meal that you cooked whoever wants to just who wants to talk about the setup pass it down or, to ellie and she'll share about that
5: so when we got to the building mr jp was already making the sauce for the pasta And then we made a salad, and we made the pasta and brownies. And another group of people were, like, setting up beds and getting chairs for the table, just making sure everything was set, like, put in the right place.
4: Very good. Anything else you guys want to share? Okay, thank you very much. Let's sing the doxology as they return to their seats. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him,
7: all creatures here below. Praise Him, above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.
4: One of my favorite passages or quotes from Jesus. It's when he says, uh, do you believe in God? Guess what? So do the demons. (laughs) But do you do what God says? And so during this season, and Epiphany will go into Lent and climax with Easter and ultimately Pentecost. As we go through this season, where do you need to practice? If you were in a band and you were having the post-game debrief after the show, if you were on a sports team and you had the huddle afterwards, if you're looking at your discipleship, your life of apprenticing after Jesus, where do you need to practice? Patience. Welcoming the stranger. Extending grace to others. Doing unto others as you would have them do to you. Storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven and not just treasures on earth. Learning not to worry. Fasting, prayer. Where is it you need to Practice. And how can we practice together? And may the Holy Spirit and God give the increase. Let us stand together and sing. I have found a fruit in Jesus. He's, he's everything, everything to, to me. me. He's the
7: fairest of 2,000 to my soul. A lily of the valley. In him alone I seek. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort he's my say, he tells me every care of him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Oh, he all my griefs has taken, and all my sorrows born. In temptation, he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken, and all my idols torn. From my heart and now He keeps me by His power. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, Through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me nor yet forsake me here While I live by faith into His blessed will. A whole wall of fire about me. I'm nothing now to fear. With his manna he, my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the parish of ten thousand to my soul.
2: 227, 227.
8: So she said, you guys just stay with us. So it was great, we canceled our hotel, which was definitely gonna save us some money, and um, would and stayed with her. The uh, The parking situation was kind of was kind of wacky. Um, they, they had like a guest place where you could park your car and pay, uh, I don't remember how much, it wasn't that much. But when we got there, it was a very cramped space. I mean, it was like, uh, there was a few spots, it was kind of first come, first serve. So I was able to find a place, but backing into it, it was like, very little space between each car. So I said, Anna, we're, we're walking everywhere from here on out. So we leave, because <laughs> I'm not doing this again, which, which was fine, it was centrally located. It was probably like a mile from the National Mall area. So we walked everywhere. We walked to every place that we wanted to see, we walked. We walked to the grocery store. Um, we, we, we walked to church with her cousin, she's Catholic. We went to mass on Sunday, we walked there. Um, we did so much walking, it was tiring, um, exhausting. Um, one day we were walking, we were kind of close to the White House, and we were going down the street, we noticed there was a long line down the sidewalk. So Anna stopped and I asked what it was, and they said, it's, uh, we're, we're giving out time tickets, there's, uh, there's a, a garden tour at the White House, they do it twice a year. So, you know, okay, great. She stayed in line, me and Brandon kind of kept going. We were trying to get tickets to the Washington Monument. So she was able to get four tickets for us and her cousin, and we did that. And uh, we're we're walking over the White House grounds. There's throngs of people. There's so many people. We were already kind of tired. Uh, At the end of that, they kind of usher you out on the other side of it. And if you've ever been to Washington, especially around the White House, you know everything's kind of barricaded. You can't just kind of walk the direction you want to go. I'm going to have to figure it out at that point, point. and my GPS was saying um, it, it wasn't helping. It was saying proceed to the route, right? <laughs> so you know, you get know, into situations you want to yell at an inanimate object. That's where I was. Um, I was frustrated. I was exhausted, on under cousin, or deep in conversation, so I don't think they noticed. <laughs> uh, but I'm standing there, and off to the right, there's this museum that I hadn't seen before. It was a Smithsonian. It was an art museum called the Renwick Gallery. Okay, I don't know if any of you have been to this. It's, it's not like most of the other Smithsonian museums. It's smaller, it's not information overload. You, know, you go to these other ones and it's almost exhausting. Walk around, it's five floors and there's just so, much, so much stuff. This one wasn't like that, it was like two floors. There was a few exhibits, you could, you could walk around and see it in about an hour. Uh, but the best thing about this museum is you kind of went up some steps and at the top of it, it was this giant room. and. It was basically a giant white. Um, the lights were kind of off, so it was kind of mood lighting. It was a real, it was this large carpet that people were just kind of laying down on and sit down in circles, talking quietly. And we did that. We went up there, we just kind of sat down. I had my backpack, I put it on the ground, I put my uh, basically laid on it. We were there for about 45 minutes, just not doing anything. It Ended up being probably one of the best things that we did. I think Anna agreed with me. One of the best things that we did there, because it was relaxing. There was a sign outside that room that had the last stanza of a poem um, that I found pretty poignant. I actually took a picture of it, um, and I'll read the entire poem, but first I was going to do the stanza. It's, the poem's called There Was a Time, uh, the, the poet's name is Amy Ludwig Vanderwater, and the stanza says this, there was a time before us, there was a time before the time before us, and our time will soon be long ago. And the poem itself is kind of short, so I was gonna just read it. But again, it it's called There Was a Time. There was a time before us, there was a time before the time before us, long ago and not so long ago at all. In those long ago times, you and I were unimagined, just as those long ago people seemed magically unimaginable to us. But if we listen on foggy mornings, we can hear the long ago people singing on sparkle winter evenings, we smell their fresh baked bread, and somehow our pockets are full of memories we did not make. The long ago people still live in us, just as our songs and bread loaves somehow lived before we lived in them. So it is. We, we caress old words like smooth stones. We hold our open palms to the sky. We know that there was a time before us, there was a time before the time before us, and our time and our now will soon be long ago. I know some people see words like that and find it kind of morbid. Um, I kind of find it reassuring, and the reason is because it reminds me of something fundamental, that this physical life is short, yet I run around spending my life uh, like I'm trying to squeeze so much out of it. Whether you're a student full-time, you're a, you, you work full-time, or um, you're a full-time stay-at-home parent, or even if you're retired, there are so many things that we're trying to do that can knock us off track. Um, like going on a trip and stressing about getting everything in. And we tend to, to live our lives in this way. That's the, that's the great thing about this time. Um, this is a refuge. We are asked to enter in. And we're, it's a time to reflect on the frailties of life and what God has done for us to give us hope to what is to come. And before we pray, To us done for us we reflect on the sacrifice on the cross and we celebrate the the resurrection that gives us so much hope going forward please bless this bread this morning and thank you so much for all that you do for we got here this morning. Uh, We know there's so much going on in our lives, and please help us to to make the most of this time that uh, we can contemplate all that you've done for us. Bless this this wine that represents uh, your son's blood on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: 581
5: reading today will be 1st Corinthians 1 10 through 18. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, Some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. That part always makes me chuckle. Um, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness, to those who are perishing, but to us who are being served, being saved, it is the power of God. Um, and just to close us out today, I'd like to read a, a benediction. It's from um, Common Prayer, not to be confused with the book of Common Prayer. Um, may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storms, May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors.
6: Thank you, both of us, for trusting us with this whole kid education thing, Um, and thank you especially to those who completed the survey, whether you have been teaching Bible classes or haven't. Thank you. Um, I want to share just briefly the big results from that, and that is that the challenges to teaching, whether you teach or don't teach currently, one is time both the commitment to be here every Sunday or most Sundays, and also the time to prepare the materials for class, not wanting to miss out on the adult classes, and um, at least a perceived lack of knowledge or experience about teaching or curriculum or how to manage kids after donuts. So our big goal is to try to lower that threshold, try to make some of those challenges less challenging for you. So here's some of the ways we're doing that. One is we're going to try um, just to simplify. We've been using curriculum that's really intended for large churches with large children's ministry and a whole staff and a big pool of volunteers. And that's not Ackland. So we're going to bring it down um, what we've chosen is just a book of reproducibles, and it has simple in the title. And so it's going to be a memory verse and a Bible story and a crafter activity. There are not seven to choose from. There's just one, and if you don't like it, you can Google your own. But it's the kind of thing that you could um You could prepare everything for the whole quarter and stick it in file folders and have it ready to roll. Or you could find a teenager who loves cutting things out and making copies and have them prepare it for you. So um, we're gonna really simplify the preparation part. And then um, Matt's also working on a songbook for each of the classrooms. If you're like me, I don't remember or know all the songs, so that's gonna be helpful. And then the other thing to try to just give some peace about some of those challenges, we're going to have a training day during Bible class in two weeks, February 5th. If you are currently teaching or if you're even mildly curious about teaching we would love for you to come and just hear the other ways that we're going to try to simplify but also equip anyone who is willing to teach to try to give some ideas for how to use the co-teaching because every class has two adults so you could use that to sort of alleviate the pressure of being here every Sunday or preparing every Sunday Um, We have in the sign up it says teacher co-teacher, but that could be let's alternate weeks and one week you're the lead and the next week you're the assistant or it might mean you do the lesson and I'll do the craft. So we'll talk about lots of ways that you can use that two adults in a room to um, help alleviate some of the time pressure, but I'm also going to give some ideas about just basic classroom management, how to manage time and materials and kids and donuts and all of that. So um, if, if the reason that it's challenging is that you don't feel equipped, we're gonna use that Sunday in two weeks to try to equip you. Um, and yeah, so if you wanna come to that, whether you're even curious a little bit or you're just invested and want to know what's going on, you can come for that reason. I promise it's not a trick. Attending the training does not commit you to teaching. (laughs) In the next quarter, we won't have you sign something that the fine print says, I'm teaching all year. Um, Anyway, Matt's gonna add a little plug to that too.
9: We're we're really just trying to get a deeper bench on the children's classes, and so we're here to support you um, in in doing that if you volunteer. I, I kind of wanted to give a plug um, because I've been teaching those classes for maybe the last three or four years and um, I'm not a good teacher um, and so uh, really the question you need to ask yourself isn't if you're a good teacher is just do I think I'd be better than Matt? <laughs> um, and, so, um, and just to kind of demonstrate that is to tell you my first class that I ever taught um, it was the you know pre-K to one first grade class, and Jacob was in there. And um, you know, typically classes are about thirty to forty-five minutes. Uh, everything that I prepared was done after five minutes, and so we we had about forty minutes to play. Um, the uh, The look of disappointment in their faces was visible and I knew I needed to do better. So the next week, you know, we just kind of built everything up and those are all the things that we're gonna be trying to, to help you with um, in the next several uh, quarters and years just to be here to support, to give you the um, curriculum and um, the techniques and everything that you need to, to do a good class. Um, the, the other thing, and this was very surprising to me is You know, just trying to figure out who are the beneficiaries of um, you teaching a kids' class. So obviously, you know, we want our kids to have um, you know a great classroom experience to learn the overarching themes, concepts, and stories of the Bible. Um, But what I would say is, I think the the real beneficiary is the teacher, Um, and just some of the things that I've gotten out of teaching is. You know, sometimes in adult classes, we really focus on um, arcane theological issues, maybe secondary or tertiary um, things in the Bible. But when you're in a kid's class, you're really focusing on the meat and potatoes of Christianity, Um, you're focusing on the basics, which I think is uh, good to be reminded of every Sunday. Um, I derive a lot of joy and happiness and satisfaction from teaching classes. Kids are just fun, typically more fun than adults. And then um, I know that people may have uh, reservations about teaching kids classes, um, but one of the great things about teaching those classes is if you're ever asked a question, that you don't know, you can just tell them that's a great question you should ask their parents. And so, um, that's really my plug. I I do think that it's something that's worthwhile and if, if you would just consider doing it, I think that would really help everyone out and it would be a great benefit
0: to you as well. I'm gonna take this off for a second. Thanks Matt, Gio, that was great. Isn't it like awesome to have people that kind of had time to, like, think about something and can bring their skills to just, like, organizing and just kind of, like, being intentional and, and giving us some hope and, and guiding us through some stuff, I'm, I'm just so grateful for, for, for y'all. Um, my, my favorite thing to do when I don't remember a kid's song is to, to make animal sounds through it, so I'll go, You know like generally starts kind of a bit of a riot that's the only thing that's that's not good about that one you like kind of lose the class for half a minute for like 20 minutes not half a minute um but but the kids love it um animal sounds that's what you do um well that's my tip um so before i do the rest of the announcements we've got this great letter and poster that is from the future preachers camp of guatemala 2022 um and it's got these great signatures, you know, from from, from far and wide. Um, yeah, this is awesome. We supported them last year, and uh, it's just a great thing. A bunch of folks who want to be preachers come together and get with High and and, um, High and Byron and, 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 the, and the crowd there in Guatemala, and they learn how to tell people about Jesus. And so it's really cool. awesome. This is going to be on the back. You want to check it out and, and get get a more a closer look. Just put it down for a second. Okay, so. Now to our regular scheduled thing. Um, yeah, announcements. We're almost done. I swear. Um, okay, so first off, we want to start with birthdays. We've got um, Eliana turning seven. That's a wonderful. Um, it's great to be in the prime of your life. Is Paul here. Um, uh, Clay Jones also has a birthday this week. So happy birthday to both of you. Super awesome. Um, Small groups resume tonight, if you do not, if you you belong to one, if you do not, you would like to belong to one, um, talk to us and we can figure that out. Um, So this also means that the middle school will be at the Sternberg's house at 5, and the high school will be at Paul and Amy's at 5. Surprise. Um, Wednesday night, the gathering will be at the, the Thornton's, not at the Conway's. I repeat, it will be at the Thornton's not the Conway's. If you show up at Trousdale, you're going to be kind of disappointed. I mean, I guess. If you're an introvert, maybe you're like, cool. But, um, so, you know, it's a, uh, you know, some solo time. Um, so we've got, um, see, Wednesday on the 1st, Riverwood Church of Christ is hosting an area-wide Youth Devo, so that's going to be fun. Um, there will be a normal brown bag at, at the Conway's that night. Um, at 5 45 they will head to riverwood and that should be a lot of fun the kids always have a lot of fun with their their brothers and sisters over there um what do you got what else we got there is i should be prepared shouldn't i um see there's ackland unplugged coming that's super exciting if you don't know what that is we put our phones in a box and we play board games sometimes people play dungeons and dragons or just kind of like hang out um, it's a great time on a Saturday morning to just kind of hang out with friends and and, and just kind of put your phone in a box. Um, that's the unplugged part. Um, room at the end, just a reminder that's still going on um, in, in the new year. We would love y'all's help in whatever way you can. Making lunches or we've got that baby covered, but, but there's other ways you can help. If you can't stay over or you're not part of a small group or whatever, talk to people like me. We can get you hooked up with some folks. Um, I know our group would, would is definitely looking for like another guy who would be willing to stay over. Um, so, so if, if you're interested, let me know. Um, so what else we got? Whitman's Women, Bible study is coming up. There's that's I'm excited about to hear about that. Um, talk to Hayden and let's see what else. Maybe it for now. But yeah. I don't know, I guess that means that it's time for coffee and donuts. Thank you. been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash ackland.org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.